happening in Cuba. Okay, and the first thing that pops up is WSJ. What is that? Wall Street Journal? Is that what it is? Is that what WSJ stands for? Okay, look, I know a lot of you guys probably don't care, and I usually do ramble on about a lot of political stuff, but this is probably something pretty interesting for us to know. Okay, this is the very first thing that pops up when I type in on Google. What is happening in Cuba? It says, uh, the protest against the communist regime. Islands economic crisis. Oh, yeah, communist regime. Islands economic crisis and the COVID-19 pandemic lead to deteriorating living conditions, electricity outages, and acute shortages of food and medicine. Cuban citizens took to the streets across the country for the first time in more than six decades to protest against deteriorating living conditions and the lack of basic goods and services, including medical attention and increasing numbers of coronavirus infections. Okay, so yeah, they are getting corona going up the way that it's going up here, I suppose. Uh, the protest, with thousands of people calling for an end to the 62-year-old communist regime, no surprise there, uh, began July 11th in the western city of San Antonio de, de los Manos, later spreading to more than 40 cities and towns, including the capital, Havana. We've all heard of Havana before. Uh, President Miguel Diaz Canal, Canal, Can Canal quickly deployed security forces across the country. His government disrupted communications with the state run phone and network monopoly. So basically, they shut off all of their internet as well. Uh, they couldn't call anybody. Nobody could call out of there. Uh, they shut off their internet. They started shooting at citizens. I, I'm sure since then, they probably shot plenty more, which is not funny, but I'm just saying. In Havana, state forces were sent out July 11th, including so-called rapid reaction brigades and Communist Party militants armed with heavy sticks. Some protesters were attacked, and more than 100 were arrested, according to activists. According to activists. In subsequent days, hundreds of Cubans lined up outside police stations to look for missing relatives whose whereabouts were unknown. Yeah, so that's as far as the Wall Street Journal is letting me read because you have to pay for it. And uh, I'm not doing that. So, yeah, apparently in Cuba, the people are raging out. And I'm not really sure what the recent update on this is, but, uh, you know... They, they were wiling out. They're rebelling against their communist government. Now, to most of us common folk, we would never think twice about it. We would hear maybe that they were rioting in Cuba, and then that's probably the extent of where we would think about it. But I just wanted to point out to you guys, there was a guy, there was a guy, uh, and he was a dictator, <laughs> He more or less his family, I believe, was the ones that uh, started this. Yeah, Castro. Yeah, he was a part of the. Let's see, Fidel and Castro, uh, born August thirteenth, nineteen twenty six. He died in two thousand sixteen. Was a Cuban revolutionary and politician who was the leader of Cuba from nineteen fifty nine to two thousand and eight. Serving as the prime... That's a long-ass time. From 1959 to 2008. Serving as the prime minister of Cuba from 1959... Okay, so yeah, anyway. 
Okay, prime prime minister from 1959 to 1976, and president from 1976 to 2008. Yeah, that's crazy. He uh. He was really getting it in for him. But, uh, yeah, they were diehard communists. You could look up all kinds of stuff about that. You probably heard about it in school. The Cold War. Wasn't exclusive to him, but because of his communist ties. I said communist too many times. But if you don't know what a communist is, you should definitely look that up as well. Uh, yeah, so there's people in America who say apparently we are supposed to be supporting the commies we should be supporting their government I think that the big argument is that now mind you I don't know a whole bunch about this I just uh I know a little bit about the c word <laughs> but uh they there's one school of thought that says we should help the government and then there's one school of thought that says we should help the people but our government is saying that we should help the people by facilitating the government more or less now apparently we already do send down aid down there and you know look the best thing I can tell you is if it sparks interest to you also keep in mind it's like 90 miles from the coast of Florida so it's not that far away that's the only reason it's worth talking about clearly there's dictators and assholes all over the world but the fact that you know apparently we've got, had uh, sanctions on Cuba and, you know, we're the ones that are refusing to help their government and all this other good stuff. I'm not really entirely sure, so just look it up. It's worth looking up because of the fact that it's right down the road. Mystic Mac. Conor McGregor. The man, the myth, the legend. He has managed to find himself uh, on the shit end of the stick. I'm pretty sure last episode I was talking with James about how I was excited to see the Conor McGregor fight. Well, clearly that didn't turn out the way I would have loved for it to. Um, the next night after me and James recorded that podcast, uh, me, Taylor Foster, and uh, Manny Anderson sat in my living room and we watched Conor McGregor break his fucking leg. It was pretty upsetting. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was pretty crushed. Um... It, uh, not as crushed as his leg. <laughs> yeah, he, for some reason, has totally failed. Uh, maybe he'll come back and fight, but for some reason, he's the only person that thinks that he won that fight. It doesn't make any sense. There's there's no reason for him to think that he won the fight, but he, ref he refuses to say that Connor, I mean, he refuses to say that uh, Dustin Poirier beat him. Says that he, in the second round, he was going to tear his ass up. Uh, he's still going online. He shot a video of him riding with his cast on on a scooter for to, for cripple people uh, in the middle, of, I guess, Calabasas, somewhere in California. Just riding around by himself. I'm sure he had people around him, but you know, it's Conor McGregor. He's talking shit. He posted a thing about his new bar. The same, he bought the bar. Okay, to any of you guys who don't know, Conor McGregor has been riddled with uh, ups and downs throughout his entire career. Um, one particular down that he was riddled with was when he punched a man, an old man, a geriatric man, in a bar in Dublin or somewhere in Ireland. 
uh, he punched a Jerry, he, after pouring his drink on a, uh, I don't know, I can't remember, maybe he, like, poured his drink and punched the man at the same time, either way, he totally violated this old man, uh, who didn't look like he, and the old man, I do not believe, engaged it, he might have been talking shit to Conor McGregor, but, anyway, uh, yeah, Connor got in trouble for that. Well, he bought that bar and remodeled it and renovated it, and now he is promoting it like it's, you know, the Hilton on Sunset or something. I don't know. Uh, I guess he thinks that that's the move. He's a businessman, but uh, I don't know. After calling uh, Dustin Poirier's wife a hoe in the octagon, laying there with his broken leg next to Joe Rogan, um... He, well, it might have been before this, but he did call her a hoe. And before that, he threatened to kill Dustin Poirier, his family. And uh, that's not good. That's a bad thing. That's what bad people do. They do. They threaten to kill people and their families. That's a little crazy. Because he, because he, because he lost. Because he broke his leg. Actually, I mean, and he's now also saying that he had injuries before he even got into the fight. Which, to be fair, if they gave him the opportunity, I'm sure he would still fight anyway. But, uh, yeah, so nothing in Conor McGregor's world is going the right way. Uh, yeah, this thing right here says, Dana White says, Conor McGregor has chronic arthritis in his ankles. What? Why are we first just now hearing about that, Dana? And that was as of four hours ago, so there's no tell. There's been so much stuff said about this fight, and Dana the night of was like, "Oh, they have to run it back. A fourth fight? Come on, move on." I'm trying to see Connor fight somebody else. If he, go- do you realize it's just adding insult to injury if Connor goes back and fights him and his leg fucks up again, or if he just gets knocked out, or if he gets choked out, or if he just sucks because he probably will suck when he comes back from breaking his fucking leg in half. I'm not interested in seeing that fight happen again. I don't know. Some of you guys might not even watch UFC, but I bet you know something about the Conor McGregor fight. I am almost willing to guarantee that you know something about the Conor McGregor fight. It's incredibly depressing. I don't really want to talk about it, but I'm talking about it anyway because it's something to talk about. Am I right? You know, and of course, Jake Paul won't stop talking shit to Conor McGregor. That hurts my soul. I'm ready to see him get laid out. Hopefully, in a couple of days, he's getting laid out by Tyrone Woodley. Uh, Earlier today... Oh, well, before I get into those, I also have something else I want to talk to you guys about. Uh, uh, Sir Chancington, the movie producer... uh, My bad, I'm sorry. Chance the Rapper is uh, putting out a movie. Um... I'm assuming since he didn't get the money he was trying to get from his old manager that he tried to sue because his album flopped, uh, he decided he's going to get into the movie business. So here we are. He's putting out a movie called what's it called? The the colorful world. Let's see. the The magnificent coloring world by Chance the Rapper. A movie by Chance the Rapper. Magnificent Coloring World captures a secret concert that Chance the Rapper filmed in 2017. Performed in front of us, look, before his album dropped. Let's see. Secret, yeah, performed, 
a select group of fans and changed his hometown of Chicago. It was an intimate experience. The new trailer for Magnificent Coloring World offers a glimpse at this unique show, a unique stage show, along with testimonies from fans who got to see an early cut of the film. Chance also speaks in the clip saying, hearing these giant choral sounds, it hits you right in your heart. Magnificent Coloring World was directed by Jake Schreier. Pre-sale tickets and screenings go for go on sale behind this ad that I can't get out of. On Rolling Stones. So, yeah. Chance the Rapper is a movie producer now. He never got his album with Kanye West. His album did remarkably bad. It's just terrible. It's just so terrible. I mean, look, I like Chance the Rapper. I had high hopes. I said that Chance the Rapper was going to be the guy to take a, take Drake's spot. I've, I've, I'm sure. I'm not sure where I could be quoted saying that because I said it a long time ago. I say a long time ago. After Coloring Books, I was like, look. I think it was called Coloring Books. Uh, whatever hit that third album was. That album was awesome. It was unique. It was it was uh, uh, was cohesive. I loved uh, the, almost all the songs on there were good songs. We don't do the same drugs no more. We don't do the we don't do the same drugs. We don't do the same drugs no more. Yes, that song was the shit. Oh man, music is all we got. Yeah, but. Then he put out his last album, which I didn't hate his last album. It got criticized way more than what I thought of it, but it, it is what it is. It was a flop. I can assure you that my opinion holds no merit in the world of music criticism. But it had some good songs on there. He had a song on there with Gucci Mane. And it sounded like an old Gucci Mane verse, but maybe it wasn't. I could be tripping. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be worth to go back to go back and give it a listen, if if it's something that you would be interested in. I mean, it's Chance the Rapper, so you might not be into him. But he, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I guess they said his whole album was like uh, like a like married man music, and it's like, but he's not that kind of artist, and he didn't like. He was like, I love this album, but he, the way he acted about it was like he was like boohooing almost. He had a, little, a couple of days there where he would tweet things and, I don't know, then he more or less said something as if, like, he was going to, like, alluding, that our people took it as he was alluding to killing himself. And that didn't end very well, because they beat his ass up for that, too. But, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, so, I have here a list of topics that I asked for the people on Facebook to give me some topics and I gotta tell you these guys definitely failed me shout out to Wheezy Wheezy I'm gonna hit you up bro I'm gonna uh holler at you on Instagram or get your number from one of the boys uh and I definitely think you should start a show I don't know if you're listening to this but you should uh yeah, okay, well, Parker said there's a show in Macomb, which I've mentioned that before, but, you know, I'll tell you again, there's a show in Macomb on August 7th. It's going to be me 
Sire Hayes, Parker, he's been on the show before. Uh, Eradicate, he's been on the show before. Um, Major 23 and B.I.B. I've played their music on here before, I believe. If not, I will soon. I want to try to have all the guys that are doing the show, I want to have, try to have them on the show, so on this show. But yeah, it's going to be August 7th. Look, I'm, uh, you guys need... Oh, and what the hell? Uh, 396 Hooligans are going to be there. We're going to be headlining. It's going to be fun. You never know, You might never get the chance to see 396 Hooligans again. Or you might see them the next weekend. Who knows? Do, 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 do. Either way, this is going to be way bigger than... You know, it's going to be... It's going to be nice. We secured the sound and we've secured the lights. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be nice. It'll be a fun time. I'm hoping that we can get everybody to invite all their friends, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out because we got to pack the building out. The building's bigger than I thought it was going to be. So we got to get as many people in there as we possibly can. And I'm not telling you, well, I don't know if there will be concessions or adult concessions sold, but, uh, I'll look into that and I'll let you guys know. But if there's not, I'm not telling you that flasks aren't encouraged. You didn't hear that here. I'm not telling you that. Um, so, yeah. Be there. Tell your friends. Come hang out. We're going to have a good time. I hadn't had a show in McComb in forever. I mean, somebody might have, but we haven't had a show in McComb. Last time 396 Hooligans performed in McComb was the last show 396 Hooligans performed. But... It was that peace of mind. I think there was over like a hundred people there, and we were, they were selling beer, and it was lit. It was a last minute thing, and there was, I think, one other performer. But this time, there's six people performing, and hopefully, we're gonna bring the whole fucking city out to have a damn good time. Thank you for that, one Parker. Uh, Henderson said, "Pursuing dreams." Well, I'd say currently, I am both pursuing a dream currently. About 49% pursuing a dream and 51% trying to help other people pursue theirs. Uh, I enjoy the, doing this show. Um, I enjoy performing music and now I guess it would be more in the sense of helping elevate other people. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to help my uh, elevate myself. Of course, I have an ego as well and I have things that I'm trying to pursue if you will, but uh, it's more of an all-encompassing thing. <laughs> it's not just exclusively the music or just exclusively the podcast or just exclusively doing things with other people. It's kind of like a, a building the foundation for something much bigger. I'm going to have a weed strain one day. That's, that's of course, obviously my biggest goal in life is to have a weed strain. Obviously, my only goal you know, but outside of all that, uh, I've always dreamed of being a father and uh, being a husband, and I am those things. So I, I, I feel like that is a, a never-ending pursuit to try to always, you know, not only be a father and a husband, but to continue to be a better father and a better husband. Because why not? You know, some people grow up without their parents. Okay, on to the next one. Uh, Gloves Up, Guns Down Movement by Jodan asked that question. Oh, and thank you, Henderson, for your question. Gloves Up, Hands, No, Guns Down. Okay. Let's see what this is. 
I've never heard about this movement, but it seems like a good topic. Brooklyn teen fights gun violence through boxing. New York City mayoral candidates agree on proposed gun trafficking law. <laughs> okay. I don't think that's the one. Oh, boxing gym welcomes kids to a safe space to stay out of trouble. Okay, I don't know if this is an exact, like a, a let's see, like a consolidated, a centralized movement. But I mean, for the sake of it, absolutely. I mean, I don't really want to fight anybody, but I'm also, you know, not feeling like I need to carry a gun around with me either. I don't live in such a place where it's in my best interest to carry a gun around with me to protect me and my family. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that my family is not equipped, but I'm just saying it's, you know, I, I, I would prefer for people to box it out or just not carry guns at all around uh, not have or not feel obligated to carry guns around for any specific reason uh, you know especially if for people who do live in sp specific spots in the country you know, I mean I assume that's an, an American movement I imagine they have them in other places but I don't think it's in somewhere in England or uh, France maybe I think England they they don't carry guns like it's such an incredible you can get in such an incredible amount of trouble for having a gun, and I don't think they have such easy access to them either. But uh, it's knives. Like, they have a lot of knife violence in England. Oops, sorry. And I mean, that that's scary too. And don't nobody want to get stabbed. I mean, I don't know. Part of me feels like if I could get, if I'm going to get stabbed in a spot where I live, or I'm going to get shot in a place where I live, I might would just choose to get shot. If I know I'm going to live. I mean, I don't get think you commonly get to choose when you find yourself in those scenarios. Uh, but I mean, I've never been stabbed, so I don't think I've ever. I don't think, but I just don't think you get the opportunity to ask the person who's stabbing you, "Hey, bud, you think you could like go right here, like in the arm somewhere, like right here, like that would be great. I would, I would greatly appreciate that." Um, but I don't think that's how it works. But that's a good question, Jodan. I mean, I, I would prefer for people to put the guns down. Uh, violence is getting, and it's on a serious note, violence is getting pretty bad across the country. And it's been pretty bad in the past, but I don't know. I just, I'm grateful that I don't have to, uh, that I don't live in that environment. I don't think out of sight, out of mind, though, because you see something every day. We're all glued to our phones, so of course... You do you do see something every day where it's it's either some police violence or it's people killing each other or something like. And I mean, the thing is, is people are killing each other everywhere. Like the numbers in Chicago, I'm just using them as an example. I know it's not isolated to exclusively Chicago, but the numbers in Chicago over Fourth of July weekend was insane. Like if you look at the number of people that are like dying in Iraq and Afghanistan versus the people who are dying, our people at least. It's way worse in Chicago. Like, the rate is alarming. But, to truth be told, we knew it was dangerous in Chicago. We've been saying, like, even since we were younger, before we even realized how things were, we were like, why don't they send the National Guard in there? You know, like, I mean, even still, you kind of wonder, because they're all about having authority and control. Why don't they? Because they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck if people sit out there and just keep killing each other. I mean, if you really want to think about it, it's a fucked up... It's a fucked up system, too. Because they think to themselves... For, I mean, 
a lot of those people that are that live over there, those people don't have not not all of them, but a lot of those people out there gang banging, they don't have fucking jobs. They're hustling, trapping, or doing what the fuck ever. We we know that. I can assure you, if I was gang banging, I wouldn't have no fucking real job. If I was gang banging like that, is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there's not uh, affiliate people who are affiliated that are, aren't responsible human beings. I'm just saying, if you're in the streets like that, I mean, getting shot at and shooting at people on a regular basis. I don't know. I feel like there's other ways to make money. I mean, literally all the music I grew up listening to is talking about people who, like, they sold dope to fucking make money. Like, work at a fucking Burger King for a little while and then whatever. I mean, it's almost like we forgot that people, that the, that people sell dope. <laughs> Which, it's funny because it's like, that's not really what music is about anymore, so it's not a hot commodity conversation. I mean, not in my circles, but you also don't see people talking. About, I don't know. It's weird <laughs> now that I think about it. Like, it's not a topic of conversation, so it's not really popular in, you know, culture for some reason. But it used to be. It was all about selling dope, selling bricks, or selling crack on the corner or some shit. It was, I think it may have been cooler to be a drug dealer back in the day as opposed to being a drug addict now. Which, I don't even know that kids are, that rappers are still on that. They be talking about doing drugs, but you don't really hear people making as much, well, I'm sure. I was gonna say, you don't hear people making as much sad music, but I'm sure they're out there. I'm just not listening to it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't really know how I got there. Oh, I'm just talking about Chicago. <laughs> of course. But, I mean, to be fair though, my experience in Chicago was great, but to be fair, I was probably in white gentrified uh sorry guys I uh am having to finish this match that I started I was in white gentrified side of Chicago it's not like I was in uh anywhere that someone would consider rough side of Chicago um it doesn't matter thank you Joe Dan for the question absolutely I think that we should somebody should enforce stopping the violence but I don't think it should be violence that causes it. But we might not have a choice. People might have to just start going in and doing crazy shit. But I hope it doesn't come to that. I can tell you that I'll just be locking my doors and praying for the best. To who? I have no idea. Good question, though, Joseph. Uh, next question is, our next topic is, Jake Easley wants me to talk about butt plugs. Thank you, Jake. Great question. Let me just type it in on Google. Butt plug. No, I'm not typing that in. Because then my wife's going to be like, what the fuck were you looking up on the computer? So, good try, Jake. I will say I don't know much about butt plugs. Uh, I know that some brands will get custom ones so people can buy them as like novelty items. I'm sure that it's exclusively for no novelty items. Uh... You know, I mean, that's what we could do. We could do organic poison butt plugs. But I think that would actually be better for deviant behavior. Deviant behavior radio butt plugs. I think I could probably talk Adam into uh, trying to source that out. I mean, it can't be that expensive if you think about it. I mean, they're just, what, pluggy pieces of plastic. 
I, I, don't really, I don't really know. I've never actually seen one in person. If I have, it was briefly, and I don't remember it. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was. <laughs> that sounded a little bit crazier than it should have. I went into like, I've been into like two adult sex stores before, but we went in to get uh, fake dongs to mess with people. So, like, that's the only reason I've ever been in one. I feel like I should go revisit one as a, as like an adult. That would probably be like a, a nice learning experience. I'd say. I'd say I could learn a lot in one of those stores. Probably more than I want to learn, truth be told. Uh, but, I mean, I think the best way to go into one of those places is if you were someone who uh, partake in certain herbal substances, you could partake in those and go in there and it would probably make for a really funny experience. Maybe even a really fun time. I don't know. I'd be scared to go in there uh, on the herbal essence and have my wallet with me though. Because you might just start buying all kinds of shit. You never know. But, I mean, hey. Some people, I, I'd be curious. I want—I would like to have somebody on here one day that has just, like, that knows one of those stores, like, inside and out. If you know what I mean. Like, they're just, like, freaks. But I don't necessarily think it would be in my best interest to have a woman on here to talk about that. But... I bet I could have a dude come in here and tell me all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> everything, everything I'm saying just sounds incredibly sus, but you know it is what it is. I fuck with my people, no matter who they are or how they swing, right, left, right, or left, or to the right, or to the left. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, that pretty much concludes most of the topics. Uh, you guys kind of sucked this week on the on the on the questionnaire. I was expecting some better better questions, but I'm not mad about. I'm happy with the questions that I got. For what it's worth, you guys asked good or posed great questions. Our topics is what I asked for. I didn't necessarily ask for questions, but I was expecting for more people to partake in the uh, the chance to for me to you know to expound on a topic in which they you know, would actually listen to my podcast for, but God forbid, God forbid, you know, the numbers go up, they increasingly go up, uh, especially when we have a, a good guest on, but to me, it just seems like, you know, it, 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 I kind of look at it like this, it's hard enough to get people to listen to your music, so now try to convince them to listen to a hour and a half, two hour long podcast, where it's you and somebody, chances are, they've never heard of, especially if they're new people. Like, you know, I personally only have so many hours in the day, so I try to listen to as much stuff as I can, and if I have a friend or somebody that, if somebody that I know hits me up about listening to their podcast, I'm going to go listen to it. And usually I'm going to shout them out too, because it's like, hey, this shit's dope. And... To be honest, sometimes people's shit sucks. There's some of my episodes, like this one probably, that's just only so entertaining. But, you know, you enjoy it more because it's somebody you know. <laughs> but I think what the goal is, is between now and episode 100 is to bring myself to the point where more people who have no idea who I am are still in intrigued in, in the show. 
I want them to enjoy the product without taking too much away from it because like I've said, this is therapy for me. So me being able to get on here and talk and hang out with people and shoot the shit. Oh, by the way, we tried to uh, record a podcast um, after the Conor McGregor fight. Me, T. Frost, and Manny Anderson. I might have said that on the last episode, but I'm telling you all again. Uh, we tried to record an episode, and I totally dropped the ball on that because uh, I was tired and slightly inebriated. Uh, but... Yeah, that would have been a solid episode. We're going to have to revisit that. I'm going to have to get them both back here, and we'll record it before a fight. How's that sound? Uh, but, yeah, like, so, you know, I want this to grow. I want this to become the uh, the focal point for the, uh, the bigger picture. So I'm going to try to make this do more of a show that is more presentable to people, more something I'm going to build it up and make it different than what it has been for the first 50 which to be fair we have evolved we've done a lot of things we've come a long way since the first episode i went back and listened to it the other day and man me and timothy were just talking shit like i mean oh man you should go back and listen to it you'll probably hate it but hey and also listen i know some of you guys play music i know some of you guys are going to be interested in getting into doing shows yourself if you're in the Macomb area, holler at me. Because what, I, what I've got going... Not right now, obviously. Come to this show. Enjoy the fuck out of it. Hang out with friends. Talk to people. Mingle. Whatever it may be. Enjoy yourselves. Support a good cause. And then talk to me. Because I think I might have a way for us to be able to make this a reoccurring thing. Without having to go through all the other channels. We can get a venue and get a sound system and do a show. If you guys are interested in that in the Macomb area, holler at me because we're going to make it happen. I'm interested in helping facilitate whatever I can is what I'm saying. Even if it's not a show I'm a part of, I think that we might be able to pull something off. I mean, I've talked about it on a couple of times on uh, previous episodes where it's like, you know, man, when I was a kid growing up in Macomb, there was a scene like the people played in bands and stuff like that. And it just didn't carry over like those those people didn't carry over for some reason. It's probably because a lot of us started uh, doing drugs and stopped playing music or started rapping and quit actually playing an instrument. But uh, it's not exclusive to me. I'm not putting myself in the center of that one. But uh, it's just a thing. Uh, and it, or not, all, not everybody, though. A lot of people just grew out of it and stopped playing music. It's, it's, it's a, a thing. Unfortunately, the, the candle didn't stay lit in Macomb because... There really did used to be some fun times back in the day in Macomb and in Jackson and Hattiesburg and, you know, shows that still happen of different caliber, different types of shows or whatever. But in Hattiesburg and uh, in Jackson and on the coast and in Louisiana and everywhere else. But just Macomb is not a place for local bands anymore. Not, you know, of our style. And obviously this show coming up is a rap show, but I mean... I kind of want to bring back that energy, like the sake of the community. Like people, I want people to get to know each other and want to do more stuff like this. Like I'm not trying to uh, say the quiet part out loud, but in the same breath, there's no reason for me to try to make it like a movie. I mean, I want the event to be like a movie, but the message behind it really, I want it to be that we are trying to build a community here for or in Macomb for the sake of people need that. People. I mean, in these, I say, I don't, who far be it for me to tell you what you need. 
But I know what it did for me when I was younger, and I know what it did for so many other people that I know and people and people that I don't know, even just from Macomb. Like, the, the few little bands that we had there took us, you know, to was the catalyst for us to become completely different people. We grew into different people. Our personalities changed, and we evolved because those were the catalysts, because of those shows. Ironically enough, I've said it probably several times, I ended up playing bass for a band called Shaken, and my brother ended up playing a bass for a band called Fight to Die, and both of those bands were like hometown rivalries when we first came into the scene. Like, my first show ever, both of those bands played. There was like 40 or 50 people there, and it was awesome. It was at a place called Good Karma, and, you know, a lot of people probably remember remember that place, uh, but you know those those times and those memories stay with you but even as they begin to fade you remember far back enough to know and you remember even if it's a dull revision of your memory you remember that that's kind of where it all started it's like i had friends before then but like that was the catalyst to me seeing being able to see that the world was such so much more of a bigger place it started with playing with other bands. It started, and then it ended going to traveling, and then traveling, and then coming home, and recognizing the dis- the difference in people in different parts of the country, uh, as opposed to here. It's like we weren't as connected 15 years ago with the rest of the world as we are now. Like I know a lot of you guys probably remember, like you couldn't just get on Facebook or get on YouTube and see what was going on on the other side of the world. I mean, occasionally you could get these little looks into, you know, like a little like window of like just seeing what was going on. And then, you know, you would if eventually when you put two and two together as a young person, it's like, oh, all these trends that we're getting into now were popular up north or out west like two years ago. Like whether it be skinny jeans or just like certain types of clothes and shit like that, like. I don't know. It's like different parts of culture. It always took forever to get here. I used to always think to myself, like, hmm, I wonder where Hollister was popular first. (laughs) It's like, was that shit popular somewhere before it was popular here? But then later on, and I didn't know this until I didn't ever know this until I went to go to California when I was 14 and I saw Hollister Avenue or Hollister Drive. And I was like, oh my god, so I wonder if they named this, and of course, every time I went into the store afterwards, I'm like, oh, it's because it's by the beach. It's like, so all this shit is probably because people like that live out there and hang out there wear shit like this. Which I didn't necessarily get, grasp that, because it's right there by Venice Beach, where there's all kinds of people, all kinds of culture out there. I digress. Music is the the way. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that this can maybe open the door for more opportunities and more, uh, maybe a little bit of, dare I say, inspiration for people to get out there and want to do some shit. But maybe not. I hope maybe it'll be a one and done. Maybe we'll go out there and have a fucking awesome night and ride off into the sunset and just be like, well, you know, let's go back to not doing shit. Which I guess is fine too, to each their own. The world might end in a couple of weeks. We might end up going to war with China and not even be afforded the luxury to fucking be able to play guitar in front of a hundred plus people. I mean, who knows? A comet might hit the planet. I mean, you know, I hate to be so negative, but it's just like 
the, the, the sum outcome of every scenario you look at pretty much turns to us having to change our way of life because everything kind of seems like it's going off the rails in everything but my personal life which is unfortunate but I guess that's pretty ironic um, I don't know <laughs> it's like oh man you know you start to get the feeling like you're really getting getting some accomplishment you get a raise at your job you know you got raising a kid you got a family you know you get kind of getting some of the hard parts of life are out of the way you think you know I, th- I used to think you know when me and Brittany got married I was like man it's so crazy that I went through an abundance of, of shit when I was a kid I was like because it seems like I, the hard part of life is over because when I was in my early 20s I put myself through all that and it's like I'm trying to keep my life in order together now <clears throat> I'm not saying I got it all figured out but I'm on the tracks and it feels a lot better than it used to and now the entire world is deciding to just you know collapse around us and that's <coughs> undesirable but maybe not. Maybe we'll be straight. Not to be negative Nancy or anything. But, uh, yeah. Come to the show. It's going to be great. Um, shout out to Mr. Billy Powell. Mr. Billy Powell, he runs a sound company, more or less. Sound and light event stuff or whatever. And he's going to be doing the sound for, well, he is going to be providing the sound equipment for one of his workers who happens to be my cousin, my younger brother, my boy, Tyler Vance. Shout out to the guy. He's going to make sure we sound good. It's going to be fucking subs, speakers, lights. We're going to go ape shit in there, and it's going to be awesome. And all the artists are going to get to look badass. I want to encourage everybody who comes to make sure they get their phone out and take some pictures or go to Facebook Live on there and make people jealous that they didn't show up. I'm gonna make them feel like pussies. I'm just talking trash. But if you guys want to support this podcast, my cash app is Organic Poison without a second O in Poison, so it's P O I S N uh, or PayPal.com slash. Shane is O, that's S-H-A-N-E-I-S-O, or the email is ShaneEarlO at gmail.com. Uh, I know that, you know, tonight's episode didn't have a guest. I had a guest lined up, but it didn't work out. I reached out to a couple of people, it didn't work out, so I said, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. Because i got to turn it in by tomorrow, baby! It's lit! But I'm going to come back later this week, with, and I'm going to drop an episode on the DSPs, probably, with me and the guest. And then I'll have another new episode next Tuesday. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Shout out to everybody on Deviant Behavior Radio and everybody on that station. Be sure to listen to them. When you back out of this, go and look at their other shows. Absolutely entertainment all the way around the board. Also, don't forget to check out, last but not least... Toxic Tunes and Trends at 9 p.m. every Thursday night. Me, I go live, I play music, and I talk some shit. And it's awesome. We have a good time. It's fun doing it live. Get you guys to get on Facebook and read some shit. Make y'all come and tell me something. Hell yeah. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Organic Poison Podcast. <laughs>